I love your move of taking a bite of the driest cookie in the world right before we start recording, just to kind of warm the warm the vocal cords up, you know, <laughs> get everything loose. No, no comment. Yeah, I come back from getting some coffee, and he's got a shortbread cookie in his mouth. And he's like, I can't talk. <laughs> it was drier than I expected. I think, I, I mean, I took a big bite because I was trying to sneak it in real quick before. <laughs> yeah, and really the question is, like, have you ever eaten a shortbread cookie right before you've had to talk? Yeah, probably, probably, probably no. Not. Yeah. How many, how many times in my life have I... Needed to talk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, overpriced uh, shortbread cookies from Scotland. But I've never, I mean, they're just aren't ones as good as, I think they're called walkers. What about the trefoils? Is that um, the Girl Scout cookie version? Yeah, no, these are way better than that. Those are way better? Yeah. I do like the Girl Scout cookie versions. Yeah. Yeah, these have these have four ingredients. It's wheat, sugar, water, butter. I don't think they put water on the uh, ingredients, so it's something else. I don't know. Salt. That's it. Whatever. <laughs> Salt, sugar, wheat, milk. Did I say milk? Butter. I don't know. <laughs> it's just some some kind of creamy substance. In a pinch, I could not tell you the ingredients to shortbread. Does it have a PD quality since it's from Scotland? <laughs> yeah, they put it in the bog for a month. <laughs> it comes out a little smoky. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're supposed to pair it with an ice glass of scotch. That takes off the dryness. <laughs> Actually, I bet that is delicious. Um, guess what time it is, Jake? What time is it? It's riff of wrong. You gotta, you gotta, we gotta do the intro still. Oh, I thought we were teasing. Okay. Hey, welcome to the show. We're Bad Wallpaper. We've got a plan to create an album in one year by writing some music every week. We'll take our favorites, expand them into full songs, and then re record our album at the end of a year. You can follow along on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please, if you're enjoying the show, subscribe and give us a review. Follow us on Twitter at bad underscore wallpaper and on Instagram at bad.wallpaper.band. Very clean read, but you know what I realized like this week? We never like say our names on this thing. <laughs> I'm Jake and I'm Jared. Right. Like, isn't that what you're supposed to do at the front of the podcast? Like say like, uh, you know, the hosts are a personality mm. and we're just these, we're like, we don't have time for that. We got, we got music to talk. Mm -hmm. We're like Daft Punk over here. <laughs> okay okay we're gonna keep it then i think i think the m mystery of uh who who even are these guys who constantly post what their name is on the podcast <laughs> but never say it yeah yeah who who has so so no one will have reference for the, oh yeah that was, i really like jake's riff of this week and yeah no, no jared's riff was way better yeah they don't even know who we are they don't even know yeah that's probably a you know, things, things you learn after doing a podcast for a year. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I was trying to think of how we could even uh, fit it in, in any sort of natural way. And I gave up immediately. Yeah. I mean, I think it's also just like people know, and it's like in the bio. The people know, you know. they got to read. If you're not reading the bio, come on, catch up. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a part of 
learning to like a band is that you read their bio and oh and then <laughs> then that's how you learn like the guitarist uh mj is right. you know and then you're like i love mj and then you right. you know dream about meeting them after a show one night and being like uh what's up mj that's right. right. I know your name. You got to put in the work to create the parasocial relationship with a band. Mm-hmm. Whereas the podcast, it's built in. Mm-hmm. The the band, you got to you got to figure out personal details. You got to throw their favorite snacks at them, and then they're like, "How did you know that was my favorite snack?" But yeah, yeah. But then they like put their favorite snacks on a secret song that they later <laughs> edited out of their <laughs> Spotify release. It was a little inside baseball, I think, to our Reliant K <laughs> fandom. Right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you got to be like, oh, Dave, I like the drummer Dave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I remember in MySpace days, part of like the MySpace bio was you're supposed to, there was a section for your hero. And I think I just wanted to like flex that I knew singers' names from bands that were super popular. Right, right. <laughs> So I put Derek, oh gosh, I can't even remember their name now. Can't even remember their name? What band? Do you remember uh, the band? Well, the singer of The Offspring, which I think it's like Derek ha- Holland. I don't know. Something we're like gonna that. We're going to find Dexter Holland. Oh, I was so close. And uh, <laughs> Billy Joel Armstrong of uh, <laughs> a little known band, Green Day. <laughs> I just love 13-year-old Jared's on MySpace being like, yeah, I mean the Green Day guy. I like Green Day. There goes my hero. (laughs) Watch him as he goes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just, I like the idea of in the middle of the album doing the thing you do at the concert where it's like, and on the keys, (laughs) it's Joe Schmo. You know, kind of get get all the introductions in. Yeah. I saw 1975 two nights ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, they did a band introduction section that was mostly awkward. Because <laughs> it's like, and no one cares. I'm Maddie Healy. And yeah. The crowd goes wild. Yeah. It was an awkward show. Did you do anything weird? Yeah. The weirdest part, he said, he he was making a joke about like, oh, Seattle, where like, Bill Gates and Bezos are from. And then he said something about like, you guys sure love uh, sexually assaulting children or something. <laughs> it was really weird. Oh, he did like a Pizzagate joke? Yeah, it was something like that. It, w- it was like, I barely heard it <laughs> and like had to do like a double take and we all like, we're, we were in the back. So we like, you're just, you know, we had our own little sidebar discussion. Like, what did you say? He's like, that was weird. Sure. There's like a 60% chance that Maddie Healy believes in QAnon, I think. Yeah, there's there's a little bit. He talked a lot about how he got canceled, which no one actually canceled Maddie Healy. <laughs> yeah, Maddie, you are on stage with a microphone at a arena. Yeah. Shut up. Um, and then he uh it was like two thirds through the set, and then like he was, you know was like engaging with the audience and everything. Like some people were up there with signs and he took a picture for somebody. Uh, and then just like, he just like snapped and was like, stop throwing shit at me in the middle of one of his songs. And then like, went I mean, were people it. throwing things? Cause that's I didn't, become a thing. Is I people didn't are throwing see it, things. but I mean, I mean, I think they were, but it was yeah. just like, a, I mean, 
yeah. people do got to stop throwing shit. It was it was awkward. Um, very those strange. Are the main main things that were just off about the uh, stage presence, but otherwise, I loved the like set design. It was this like mm. it was a big house, but it felt like a sitcom like set. Oh, okay. And uh, like when the band came on stage, you know, they came on like one at a time and like went to like different rooms of the house where you know their little. Oh, and that's their little station. Yeah. yeah. Got their little pedal board um, in the kitchen. Yeah. But at one point, like, you know, the band was like grooving on this like instrumental part of the song. And like the bass player came and like sat down in the living room with the uh, like guitar player and the like. That's a lot of fun. Okay. Player. Like, yeah. And like, you know, the light, like, there were these parts where like all, like a bunch of TVs throughout the house would like synchronize like, you know, lights and stuff. So like all the like set flashy stuff was like built into that theme which was pretty cool yeah and and who's the guitar player and the bass player what are their names um <laughs> i i remember the bass player got introduced last because he was like and you know the like glue that holds it all together or something yeah, like that right there seems to be a guy named adam a guy named ross and a guy named george those are all very british names so i buy it <laughs> And very sitcom names, too. <laughs> Welcome to the 1975 sitcom. The 1975 was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Yeah. Yeah, it would have, like, what would have just put it, like, over the, the line as if they had, like, canned laughter and stuff like that they played? That would have rocked. That would have been. Especially when, like, Maddie Healy's bombing. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. Oh, man. Otherwise, like, I mean... Music was great though. Like that's good. The, those guys, they they know how to like lock into that. Like you you got the bass doing its thing. You got the guitar doing its thing. You got keys and saxophone and and then uh, I mean, love it or hate it, like Maddie Healy knows how to just take like a pretty basic backing and just like take it to the next level with a melody, you know. Like what yeah. he does with his vocals. I mean, they're they're like a very impressive pop band. Yeah. In that way. Yeah. But uh will they end up on my top ten list this year? I <laughs> guess we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait to find out on on this Mary Rifforama. The wait is over. Time for the riffer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> jumping wanna, again. Well, you have another with... thing you want to talk about. Oh, well, I mean there was turkey day. I it was smoked, turkey day. I smoked a turkey. It turned out pretty good. Nice. I don't think we I made a paella. Food poisoning. <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah, your paella looks fantastic. Yeah, it was really just like if I get like a turkey breast, it's just kind of a bummer, you know. Mm -hmm. Last year we we roasted a chicken. That was pretty good. But we don't want to just we didn't want to like just default to it. So we went with paella. It was pretty nice. We have a paella pan. We Did could you... say when I was in Barcelona, uh, we made paella from the market. Did you put saffron in it? Yeah, we we still have saffron from our span our Spanish adventures. So we got out our little jar of forbidden saffron. <laughs> Can you actually taste it? Like, is it actually? No, I mean it kind of melds in with all the seafood and stuff. But and like, there's a lot of uh, smoked paprika in it. And in the chorizo, so... What, what was that again, Jake? Paprika. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it was pronounced paf, paf, fri, fri, fa. 
Are you just making up Spanish uh, accents now? Just like uh, applying as many like weird. I was, I was trying to apply the the Barcelona to Barcelona. Africa. Pa- paprika. <laughs> but it doesn't actually work that way. So guess what? <laughs> Choke bomb. Donde esta tu paprika? <laughs> ah, a la biblioteca. <laughs> <laughs> tu paprika está en la biblioteca? Gracias. <laughs> It just reminds me of the uh, Flight of the Concords uh, song <laughs> where they essentially do that in French. Where yeah, yeah. Oh, so good, though. Turkey Day happened. Yeah, it was, it was stressful and, you know, it's sure. mediocre food at the end of the day. So, <laughs> I mean, a smoked turkey is a good, a good way to go. Do you brine that bad boy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, My dad juicy. discovered brining in his 40s, so I'm ahead of the game. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just baseline thing like if you brine it it's not it's gonna be fine and then anything else you do on that it's just small improvement so exactly but probably we'll smoke it again next year because gets the turkey out of the house you know yeah right it frees the whole oven yeah it's a great move great move more room for pies <laughs> <laughs> paellas yeah your paellas yeah. there you go that's a stovetop dish, though. You what really if you made a paella space. pie? Ooh, like in a crust? Yeah. That could be good. <laughs> Sounds like some some stupid thing the British would do. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. you got your paella pie, put peas on it. <laughs> I'm going to try and do all the different accents of Europe Yeah. in this hey, podcast. I mean, paella pie, that, that makes some good scran. That would make some good scram. Uh, we got to talk about the footy mate. Oh, yeah. Proper disgrace. Yeah. We were texting each other. It's, it's because rough I was whenever, watching it alone. Whenever your Dutch friend, uh, first of all, is like, yeah, it was a really efficient game for us. <laughs> we didn't have <laughs> to try too hard. Business, yeah. <laughs> we just took care of business. <laughs> and then also bad when he's like, yeah, we have an old <laughs> Dutch saying. <laughs> he's, he's pulling out the <laughs> proverbs. <laughs> On uh, how a donkey never hurts himself on the same stone twice. And that was about getting backdoored twice, right? Yeah. That- <laughs> well, it might as well have been three times by the time they it might as well over. have been three times. But yeah, don't uh, leave a guy open at the top of the box. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what they have old Dutch sayings about. Yeah, yeah. As Matty Healy would say, might have happened one time, going to happen two times, something like three times, four times. I don't actually know how that song goes, but I don't. I don't even know what song that is. You're a bigger 1975 head than me. <laughs> I think it's called Two Time, Two Time, <laughs> or something like that. It's in all caps. It's you know that weird trend where it's like let's not actually give a legible name to our song. At least it's not called something like I wish I hadn't, my darling, but the situation cannot be changed or something like that. <laughs> Now that that is like early two thousands emo, <laughs> not Midwest emo, the like more commercial emo. Right, right, right. More panic. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think they were inspired? Like, what, did Sufjan? Uh, uh, like, who was first Sufjan yeah, 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 or Panic yeah. at the Disco? Yeah, who, who chronologically? <laughs> who invented the long song name? Let's just say that. Oh man. Okay, that was a tangent. We gotta unravel. So we were talking about football. Let's get let's get back to the or or you know, it's called soccer. Yeah. Oh. 
Oh, Peyton, uh, I'm Peyton Manning, and it's called football and soccer. <laughs> Such a bad commercial. Yep. Four games. U.S. is done. Three Sorry. goals in four games. Not going to win you too many, too many footy matches. We played one more game than Germany and Belgium. Got to, got to give them that. So, yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot At least of good they made things. It. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think the team will keep improving. We yep. need a We need a striker. <laughs> there you go. We're or, just uh, saying things that Elsa said now. Yeah, pretty much. No, it's the uh, uh, John Lennon was prescient. He was trying to tell us back in 1969 on the White Album that we need a number nine. Oh, there you go. Number nine. Well, and if you if you uh, Im- if you improve your defense and you shut out your opponent, you can also win. So you could also say all you need is love. Yeah, it's like that's a tennis term, but. It's also British, right? Yeah. They say nil in in soccer, don't they? Damn it. (laughs) I'm trying to work in a Norwegian wood joke. But we (laughs) we lost to the Netherlands, so. (laughs) All right, we'll get it. We'll uh, return to soccer in approximately four years. I'm just kidding. We actually watch soccer. St. Louis City SC starts in February. Maybe that could be our, like, band, our stage presence thing. We just wear soccer jerseys, like... We don't play soccer though. So well, yeah. like we're good at soccer. Well, like all the hardcore bands that wear like hockey jerseys, they don't play Oh, hockey. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys probably play hockey though. They're probably good at beating guys up at least. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, you know how like there's the easy version of hockey where you just run around. <laughs> I was gonna say we could play that version of soccer. <laughs> <laughs> But it's kind of already that, so. <laughs> hey, you know, a big field where you run around. <laughs> Let's make the goal extra big. Should be easy to get it in. <laughs> one, one other topic of discussion before we get into the main event. Uh, I saw the menu in theaters this past week. Well, first off, we it was raining, so we went to the closest uh, dinner spot to the movie theater, which was uh, a Guy Fieri restaurant. <laughs> And I got Get a burger. donkey sauce. Yeah, I got a burger with mac and cheese on it. It made my stomach upset. It was really good. Uh, <laughs> 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. But the movie, it was funny to do that and then go see a movie about like fine dining. Uh, <laughs> yeah, was that was, intentional? Like, No, it was you, not Did you appreciate the irony until like, oh, shit. <laughs> I think I didn't get the irony until right now. Uh, but the, the movie's great. It was kind of advertised as a horror movie. It's more of a thriller, and it's also pretty funny. It's like very satirical of fine dining in general. Very, you know, very satirical of the people who enjoy fine dining. You could yeah. say. Uh, I think Adam McKay was producing it, so of course there's some class elements. But it's it's a great, yeah. great film. I don't want to ruin anything else. It's there's a lot of twists and turns that are are fun to experience. Yeah, like the way that the trailers sell it, like it makes you think like, oh, all these people are going to an island for a famous chef, but there's a mystery about the menu. And the obvious assumption is like, oh, it's going to be dangerous game, the most dangerous game. They're going <laughs> to have to kill each other and then they're going to eat each other or something. Dinner. But I feel like that's a fake out. I feel like the movie's different, but I guess we'll see. I don't you, know. You'll have to see it to find out. I, I do hate talking about movies because I feel like I'm always either not giving enough information or I'm giving too much information. It's hard to find the sweet spot, but 
There's a lot of great moments, a lot of good acting. I think the guy who plays the chef is great. Anya Taylor-Joy is great. Mm. Is the guy who plays Chef Voldemort, is it Ralph Fiennes? That's a good question. I, I didn't put that together if it is. I also have like face blindness when it comes to uh, actors. I've kind of leaned into the bit. It is Ralph Fiennes. Nice work. Mr. Voldemort. Yeah, I didn't even realize that. Uh, again, I, I see movies and I go, is this this person? And my wife goes, no, you're, <laughs> you're an idiot. So <laughs> that, That'll be something that our listeners still won't experience whenever I move upstairs. I have a portrait of Ralph Fiennes. Hang, <laughs> chilling in his uh, playing M. Gustav from his Grand Budapest Hotel role. Yeah, you're a <clears> fine <throat> head. I apparently <laughs> called you a something head like three times. In the Definitely sense. gonna check that movie out. Um, it, it was one like I was nervous about if it was actually gonna be good, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely paid off. Like, definitely was worth it. Nice, fantastic. Should we get into the main event? The uh, main menu. The main menu. The 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 ten course piece de resistance that is the Riffo-Rama. Yeah, yeah. We're at, we're out of the bonus content. We're ready to start this movie. <laughs> that was just the trailers. <laughs> I can't uh, believe it's been a year though. Like, yeah, we were. I mean, that uh, the Riffo-Rama coming back around. I think is how we actually realized. Like, oh shoot, we've been doing this for longer than a year. Yeah. I had, a, I had a tough time putting my list together because I kept trying to pick albums from 2021. <laughs> like, it's weird how it like blurred together. And it's also weird how like there's so many albums that I didn't catch until this year that came out last oh, year. Oh, yeah. And plus, like, I, I also think like this year I listened to a lot of older music more than I have in the past because I think a lot of that was like talking with you and Jesse and, and, mm. uh, um, What's that other guy's name? Oh, yeah, Jack. <laughs> Mr. Tourbus. Yeah. But uh, we had, you know, our little, like, Spotify, like, band playlist going on where we were throwing recommendations on there. And a lot of those were, like, older. Yeah. And, like, we kind of worked through all the, like... Uh, we, we did all the Our Band Could Be Your Life ones. Yeah, we did all the emo <laughs> waves. And so, like, a lot of old music I listened to. that I mean, I discovered, like... It's, they were new bands to me. And so that was yeah. like a weird, like, I was like, oh yeah, that, this album, like that I discovered this year had a ton of impact on me. And then I was like, oh yeah, that's an old album. That album came out in <laughs> 1996, count. Jared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was four. Yeah. Right. It's just good that we, we went back and listened to him. I mean, I, I think part of the podcast too has been di like diving into a lot of stuff that maybe were blind spots for us. that The other one is interested in and, and trying to, trying to absorb as much, music as possible yeah uh as we were trying to write new music it's like new influences are always going to be helpful so i i feel like as part of the podcast we just absorbed a lot of music in general and uh, my year was very focused on new music whereas your year was very focused on going backwards which i feel like was more my year last year yeah we had this discussion earlier about how it you know the division of new music to old music and it's hard it is actually makes it kind of harder with the streaming availability of stuff to be a new artist. Right. Now, because so much time gets spent listening to old music. I I mean, we we had that discussion about 
listening to old music versus new music and kind of yeah, decided yeah. like we should challenge ourselves to listen to more new music, especially, you know, because we can sympathize being a band trying to put out new music right. that needs to be discovered. You know, it's it, we don't just have, you know, the history of a 20-year-old pitchfork review already out there that, you know. <laughs> some teenager's going to find and like make a TikTok trend for or something like. Right, right. Uh, this, this is an undiscovered artist. <laughs> it's yeah. like Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. It's really poppy. Or the stupid trend of like, like there were those Instagram reels that all, it was like the, the last video on your phone in this song is your vibe. And it was oh, just, yeah. uh, it's like the sweater, the sweater song. song. <laughs> yeah. It was like, come on. <laughs> yep. And, I mean, I think when we were kids, the way we discovered music was like passing around hard drives uh, in like a pre-Spotify world. Mm-hmm. So you kind of only learned music that your friends le- learned first or like someone's yeah. older sister was really into Wu-Tang Clan. And so that's yeah. how you found out about Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. I mean, you had you had to have friends which yeah. was challenging for that, me. Uh-uh. Right, right. Well, especially finding friends that had good hard drives of music yeah. uh, in Springfield, Missouri, was probably not the easiest. I, ironically, uh, my cousin, though, was pretty big influence on my music. She gave me a bunch of CDs she was done with, and the one I listened to the most was Weezer's Make Believe, <laughs> which is pretty much universally panned as... You know, at that point was their worst album and the sign of like what, <laughs> what was to come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I loved that, man. Absolutely. That, there, there are two really good songs on that. And right. And I can even stomach Beverly Hills. It's right. I was about to say Beverly Hills and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Cool. So for our, our friends out there who did not listen to last year's Riffarama, you have to go listen to that one first or you won't get this one at all. No, uh, we've been tracking our favorite albums since we graduated from college, really. I mean, we, we definitely did it in college too, but we've made it a, a more annual tradition since we both graduated to actually rank and write them down and discuss them with each other. Uh, and, and who was the inspiration behind that, Jared? I mean, was it Grierson and Leach? Yeah, I think it was I Grierson it and Leach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our fit, yeah, our favorite movie podcast does this every year where they rank and talk about their favorite ones. So mm-hmm. we just uh, stole it because it's a fun idea and it's a good way to hang out with your friend. Mm-hmm. And that's all we're about here. And and it's like that. It's kind of the meta like aspect of music journalism. They love you know this time of year and putting out all these like top ten lists. And so then like. Yeah. As you know, music nerds, music heads, we'd spend a lot of time reading those lists and talking about them. And then, yeah. you know, it, it's a natural jump to like, oh, I want to like see about making my own and what, what that's, you know, how, how does that stack up? And early on, I felt a lot of pressure to try and like, I wanted to arrive at a list that was similar to what the consensus would be. Right. You wanted to show that you were cultured and that, yeah, uh, it, it's not the, I missed this album instead it didn't make my top 10, but if yeah. everyone else liked this album, then I it can't, I can't sound like I didn't even listen to that <laughs> album. So I got to put it in my top 10. Right. So it is funny looking back at those older lists because there's some, yeah, I'm like, man, I never listened to the album. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's Why? some bad takes that yeah. didn't age well. And if we would have just gone with our gut, I think we would have uh, liked those lists a little more. So in the spirit of that, um, 
that's kind of where I arrived at this year. It's more of, it's just my, you know, I only listened to so much this year and it's what I was my favorite. Yeah. And, and I think that's a much more fun way to do it because you can talk about music that you like. You don't have to feel pressure to be correct or be like, Oh, you're, you're crazy. That that's shouldn't be number six. That should be number four. Uh, you don't have to care. And like, whatever, this is just like my opinion, man. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't catch our last year's, go check it out. Cause it's still probably relevant, but also there's a feature of how we do our list that we also stole from Gerson. <laughs> um, I'm but, glad you remembered. Uh, I was about to get going. <laughs> yeah. So Jake and I are going to try and guess each other's top album. So Absolutely. I'll go first for Jake. So Jake, take your headphones off. All right. He's not listening. I'm going to say Jake's number one album is Boat Songs by MJ Linderman. I've received the thumbs up. Uh, I know Jared can hear through his headphones though. So I got to, I got to say it's a little quieter. Uh, I believe Jared's number one album is Boat Songs by MJ Linderman. The cans are back on. We're ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Do you have At any honorable point, men? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, our listeners are either like, they picked the same album or... <laughs> I mean, they, they know things that we don't even know right now. So. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's kind of the fun part is they'll know if we're right. We'll know if we're right, but we won't know if the yeah. other one is right. So yeah, right? honorable mentions. Do you have any? I have a few. I mean, the way I did my list this year was... I kind of just made, I like went through and any album that I even remembered making an impact on me, like I just put it on a list. Cause I, initially I was writing. like, I was like, I don't even know if I can figure out 10 albums, <laughs> but I ended up with a list of like 25. Yeah. That, I was know, about to say, we talked about a lot of new albums for we sure. Did. Yeah. And, um, I mean, some things that were just on the, like, just, just, missed. just missed, uh, Osa Oso's album for me was close um i it didn't i mean it the story behind the album is like crushingly like sad but yeah. uh it it uh was a great album but like just just didn't didn't quite make it for me i'll just say that uh mm-hmm. some other like some deeper cuts that you know i i wanted to get out there i was trying to figure out how they'd make it on the top 10 they just missed it but uh <sighs> the, the band second grades album easy listening um i like like it's part of what helped me discover that band, but I, it, I, it's hard because I always compare it against their other <laughs> albums mm. and it didn't quite reach the same level as their first album for me. Um, but definitely a great pop rock band to check out. Um, let's do one more. Um, yeah, I got four. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, you know, for the cred, like the smile, they just missed it for me too. Like, you know, but, uh, yeah, it was a uh, it was great to. S- I I mean, I liked this. I liked that the smile album better than like a moonshape pool. So, wow, yeah, and it didn't make your top ten. I know that's it's crazy. W- put, putting it that way, like it's kind of funny to say that, but I I thought the smile would make my list. It did not. I just I don't think I went back to it enough. Maybe if I went back to it, I would I would reconsider it. But it hasn't really. St- some of the songs have stuck with me. Uh, but it felt just like wow, that was that was cool. And then I I just moved on. I think, and mm-hmm. I don't I don't think it's Radiohead fatigue, but I do think I was just more excited about these other releases. Mm-hmm. So uh, a few of my honorable mentions: self titled album, but from Pool Kids, mm. uh, fantastic record, 
That's Physics Baby, one of my favorite tracks of the year. I think it made my like Spotify wrapped. This one I bet you'll be surprised didn't make my top 10. Cara Cara's New Preoccupations. Ooh. Just missed. And then uh, a couple of artists that I really like, but this didn't quite rise to my favorite of their work. Soccer Mommies, Sometimes Forever, and Bartiz Strange's Farm to Table. Uh, yeah. So those were like my 11 through 14 uh, unranked, I guess. I didn't, I didn't put those <laughs> in any particular order, but those just missed for me. I, I like felt really bad knocking them out of the list, and that's how I knew, like, okay, I got to keep these in my honorable mentions. Yep. Yeah, and it it's also, I mean, especially the pandemic world, like the way that I listen to music is different and the rank, ranking, um, you know, the, the way you experience music these days. And I, I, maybe it's just the stage of my life, but like, mm-hmm. I have like commute music. I have <laughs> doing chores in the house music. I have, Absolutely. you know, uh, work music. Um, and different things seem to fit different purposes. And, and I have different memories of how, you know, I experience them in those elements that, that they, that I try to equalize, you know, based on that, but you get s- some weird, you know, like sometimes different genre things just work for different things. And absolutely. so, yeah, it's, it's interesting how that has like kind of split for my list. I think like, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause I feel like, I feel like hardcore is a very like work music for me. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and so I always have a bunch of hardcore music. That I just listen to the crap out of it mm-hmm. because it's such good motivational music. Sure is. All right, who wants to go first? And how are we going to do this? We're going to do two each. Yeah, let's or? do let's do two each, but then wait and and wait for the number one, and then okay. do a do a trade off there. Okay, cool. Would you like to go first? Sure, I would love All to right. go first. My number ten album from a Connecticut band. Anxious and their album Little Greenhouse. Ooh, I uh, I really latched onto this album earlier on in the year, and I, I kept following them. I kept coming back to it. I I really just think it's a great pop punk album and also great post hardcore album at the same time. Like somehow it reminds me of if Drug Church and Reliant K were smashed into one band. Uh, that's what I like about a lot of this kind of current wave of, of post hardcore is a lot of them do a lot of the, the interesting songwriting stuff of the pop punk we grew up listening to. And I think anxious really nailed it on this album. Uh, I went back and listened to it like this week. Cause I was trying to try to hit everything on my list, like make double sure. And when I, when I put on the first track, this is one of those side one track one bangers, your one way street, just goes and you're in and I, I think it's a great album great pick i guess we'll say that uh this band shows up on my list also oh so i'll have i'll have one more to say you'll have more them. to say fantastic um but uh yeah <laughs> that is such a perfect yeah i will i will just wait i'll say Ooh, what i'll, I'll, say I'll let you give your hot takes <laughs> don't worry but i'll go ahead yeah. and say my number nine which is wild pink's I love you so much, or I L Y S M. It's a more recent release. Wild Pink's last album uh, did not stick with me nearly as much, but I think the very personal nature of this album, and I think they they kind of went a little 
this is maybe again like I'm just saying this band is like this band. But they they went a little more war on drugsy with it. I feel like they they kind of grooved a little more. Uh, they let the instrumentals breathe, and I think the whole album just flows perfectly. And uh, this this album really stuck with me, and I I've been listening to it pretty much nonstop since it came out. Okay, I started hearing like you know the 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 what do you call it? You know the hype the hype mm-hmm. train started coming down about this this band's new album and uh their their lead singles coming off of it um and I did like it 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 definitely had like that more mature album kind of kind of sound mm. and they definitely upped their kind of like energy like you know 50% yeah, from the yeah. previous albums which which I I definitely appreciated um but uh there's something was about it that just didn't quite stick with me for whatever reason. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I gave it a solid couple tries and yeah, I mean, sometimes it just, you know, doesn't, the stars don't align. So sure. Um, but I, I have heard it's a great show. Did you see them live? Are you going to see them? No, I, I just missed them at a tiny club in uh, Cambridge. Yeah. Bummed. Yeah. Cause they probably could blow up, you know, like I would love that. That would be great. Great picks for your number 10 and your number nine. And I'm already like, I love these albums so much and there's nothing wrong with them. And we're just getting started, man. Oh yeah. Well, I love you so much. I is an album by love. Love. <laughs> you so much. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. It's great. How they, yeah. Um, what are, what are we calling like, like that cheap trick kind of like power pop power pop. I mean, it's a cheap trick and I just went power pop. <laughs> exactly. Jake, Jake's got the genre. He's a genre, genre, John. <laughs> the genre whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dreamo's not real Spotify. It's like a, like a, a wine sommelier, like for genres, like. <clears throat> this, I'm getting notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to want to pair uh, a little power, power pop with your, uh, <laughs> We didn't even talk about like Spotify wrapped, but the ridiculous like generated. Yeah. I don't want to well, give them a whole lot of uh, free advertising by like <laughs> pumping our Spotify wrapped on the, on the Instagram, but it's fun to share with your little friends. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And the genre, I mean, it's no, really sad so actually because it's all their algorithm driven genre stuff. Yeah. Which, it doesn't have the heart and soul of having Jake and Jared struggle through some what yeah think it, it doesn't have are. the charm of two dumb idiots <laughs> trying to sound like they know what they're talking about <laughs> but what i was trying to say i think was like even in that i love you so much track like that like chant you know like ah, yeah like has that energy and i feel like that's like was a theme of like a lot of my favorite things this year had that um so cool that power power pop Making its comeback. <laughs> Ooh, I, I'm in. I, that's got me thinking. Uh, I might know one of yours, but mm. we'll. I'll let you go. I'll let you cook. All right, all right. Well, we'll start with my number ten. Uh, I bet you didn't see this one coming because I'm pretty sure, like, I made fun of this album when it first came out. <laughs> but uh, my number ten was uh, the album "Sons of" by Sam Precop and John McIntyre. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> so this is a modular synth album by 
two members of the band, The Sea and The Cake. And, you know, it's weird, you know, my journey for like how like I came to even know about this album. I, I saw the like Pitchfork review and it got like, you know, really high, like, you know, eight plus reviews. So that usually is like, wow, I need to listen to this. Um, and I put it on and I was like, oh, this is just weird synth music. <laughs> and I then, like ignored it. <laughs> but this then like, weird. I don't know. That's I read so more about it. And then I read like, oh, okay. So seeing the cake. Oh, they're the band that did the dropping the ball song. Um, and so then I like went on this whole thing where I was listening to them, like that band a lot. And then like a few months later, I was trying to get some work done and I, I put on some kind of Spotify radio and like the song came on and I was like really liking it. And I went and looked at it and it was off of this album <laughs> is the, uh, the lead single. <laughs> you were like, Jared, you fool. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so I, I've come back to it like several times. And so modular synth albums are so interesting because it's like, you know, you don't play a note necessarily. Like you don't hold a chord. You just, mm. you plug in a, a sequencer into a synthesizer and, you know, and it, it arpeggiates and it does its thing. So in a way it's like unorganic, but I actually find it like more organic because it takes like song structures that you never would have thought about and they just kind of evolve and like, you know, you, you, you turn a dial and it all of a sudden like shifts the whole thing. And, um, I've always been like intrigued about like that songwriting process and it's like the sounds they get, the soundscapes they make, the like stories they tell in those songs, I think are, are really great and intriguing and, um, it's and it also just makes great music for like yeah. that that kind of state of mind of like uh you know wanting to to do some work i you know you i sometimes think like i imagine like video game like levels you know with that kind of soundtrack and it evokes i think it's a success when it evokes that kind of uh imagination response yeah um, so yeah I recommend it, you know, and it slipped up there in my top 10 because I was like, I keep coming back to this. It's it. it and so it, it beat out some heavy hitters, but that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I love how so, music works like that sometimes. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know. In a couple of years, we'll see. Like, was I just being like weird and like I wanted to pick something off beat or will I be like, yeah, I, I keep coming back to that. I think it will be the latter because that's good. the argument I'm making for myself. By there you go. So it's a good enough argument right. for me. Okay. Number nine. Number nine. Uh, this one, I have Jake to thank mm. for introducing me to this band. This is Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania's String Machine. Mm. <laughs> um, hallelujah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, this one was a late addition to my list also. I literally like forgot about this album, which probably uh, isn't a great sign. <laughs> but it's more of I forgot that it actually came out this year. Oh, sure. Because it was early um, this year. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the first time I'd ever heard of this band and I got into their other music, which was older. So yeah, I really just kind of forgot that it was an album from this year. But I spent a lot of time listening to Gales of Worry. That's a bop. Yeah. And I mean, the rest of the album, it really flows together. Um, when this came out, I'd already, I think, listened to 
or not necessarily when it came out, but whenever I listened to it for the first time, I think I'd already listened to Ants From Up Here by Black Country New Roads. Mm -hmm. And I heard like a lot of parallels in the kind of like eclectic, um, I mean, on their on their sound or band camp, they, they describe themselves as maximalist indie rock. Yeah. Which I, I guess just means, hey, let's throw a bunch of albums or a bunch of instruments, you know, together. It kind of like reminded me of like, I don't know if you took a bunch of like band kids from high school who played like a lot of eclectic stuff, but like yeah. really proficiently and like, you know, it takes it into like a different place than like your traditional guitar, bass, drum. Yeah. And, but String Machine also has this kind of like Southern, not Southern, but like a little bit of a twang. I don't really know how else to describe yeah, it. A little but, twangy and jangly. Yeah. And that's just like also been hitting me in the sweet spot this year. So yeah, um, yeah those are things I like about it. And it's a great album. Excited for more stuff from them. So hallelujah. Hell yeah. I'll have some more to say about that later. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. we've already got one crossover each. Yeah. Very interesting. All right. Well, that's my 10 and nine. All Let's right. pass it back over. Number eight from me. This one snuck in at the buzzer. This one was missing the list. I went back and re-listened to it. And I was like, man, this is a great album. I, I have to put this on the list because it just really uh, stuck with me. And, and I think this kind of music was more popular about 10 years ago, probably when I was getting really into music. And it, I even missed this band when it was coming out. Uh, but I've gotten to kind of go back and revisit uh, I'll, I'll stop teasing it. This one is always Blue Rev. Just the big, big sound of this record is incredible because I, I went back and re-listened to it and Pharmacist had stuck with me, you know, as the, that lead single. But top to bottom, this album is full of different soundscapes and, you know, there's like slower songs with a lot of uh, really, you know, pretty parts and there's some just absolute rockers. Uh, where everyone's ripping it and going shoegaze and everything. It's just a really fun album, and I hope more people are making always-type music in, in 2023. Um, that that will show up on my list later. Um, <laughs> I thought that one might. Glad you finally joined the the Always gang. Though. Yeah, um, I, I really missed out. I can't believe yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what you're saying, though, about like, it, it's similar to why this album impacted me so much too. Is like, not only are the singles great, but like, it's a cohesive thing that just keeps hitting you. And like, yeah, um, it's a great album. Absolutely. All right. I think this next one might show up on your list as well. This one is uh, not my favorite album by this band, probably, but it, it's very close to my favorite album by this band. So I listened to it a ton. Uh, this one is Hygiene from Drug Church. And yeah, I think I really got into Drug Church last year with their previous album, uh, Cheer, which is a great album. I love that album. And I, that was one where I just was late to the game. I think I started listening to them a little bit in 2020, got really into them in 2021. And then Hygiene came out this year. And that album is like 25 minutes long. But every song is just balls to the walls energy in its own way. 
I think there's even a large range of of drug church sounds in this, but at the end of the day, it's just drug church ripping it, and it's great. Uh, Athlete on the Bench is the closer. I think that's my favorite song. Uh, and I, I mean, it's got like all the the chants and stuff like that from the the previous drug church releases. You know, I'm I'm living between shrinking margins is such a good part of Athlete on the Bench. Detective Lieutenant's so good. Every song on this album's good, and they're all like two minutes long, and they just blow by you. I'm not part of that cover up. <laughs> I won't toss away what I love. <laughs> yeah. Um, absolutely will show up on my list too. Uh, in fact, those two are right next to each other. Really? Okay. On my list as well. Uh, but it really is, interesting. Is it a different spot? It, it, yeah. Different spot. Well, we'll yeah. wait and see. I, I'm, I'm really curious about the top of your list now. Um, yeah. Cause uh, I feel bad putting them <laughs> where they are. <laughs> Like, I'm like, man, I got to move these up. How do I move these up? And I just couldn't find a way to. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it goes sometimes. That's how it, that's how it is. Great, great picks. Um, all right. So my number eight, this is where, uh, so our first official crossover. I've got <laughs> Little Greenhouse Woo! here by Anxious number eight. Drink. Um, okay. I have water. I finished my coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drink has a different connotation at six in the morning. <laughs> this band makes the music that it like if I had to pick like in my head what I just always picture is like the perfect just sound. I don't know. I think it's because like growing up with Reliant K, like you're saying, and but then also like it's evolved, it's a little heavier, but it's it's like an evolution of the Reliant K kind of pop punk sound that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And always idealized. And like, yeah, they're the ones doing it. And it it's incredibly hard now that I've realized like trying to make music like that to actually do it and it not just sound derivative. The the, the little different nuances in that kind of sound. And let's call it like pop punk or I, you know, but it's, it's easy to like dip into offspring where now you're just kind of cheesy or it's easy to go like blink and like you've run out of four chord progressions (laughs) and, or you go some, but like anxious, it's still fresh. And I don't like, it's, it's really hard. I don't know how they do it. And I just really, really enjoy it. And And honestly, I think how they do it is big riffs, baby. That album is just a gut punch of riffs. Yeah. Yeah. Which they're hard to write, man. Riffs, riffs <laughs> are a little, a little challenging. <laughs> um, I don't have, yeah, too much else to say, but I, I am <clears throat> really excited. Yeah. That they're, they're out there doing their thing. And I, I hope that they can be an influence on other bands, maybe even our band. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Number seven, pretty confident this isn't on your list, but uh, <laughs> uh, showing up at number seven slot is Toro Imois Mahal. No, it was not on my list. Um, I'm a little surprised how high this made on my list too. But yeah. when I had to do like a like like you know head to head comparisons, I, I had a little Thunderdome going on in my list. Who's <laughs> <laughs> gonna make it next? Yeah, I mean this is where it showed up. Like I. 
I think maybe part of it is like I have a baby now and I need to play music that's fun and like, you know, yeah. You're, you're not putting like, drug church on for the baby, right? I mean, I am, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but also I need, uh, you know, a jingly little bop like Mr. Postman. Absolutely. You got a letter. Yeah. It's funky. Um, it's groovy. It's catchy. Can't go wrong. Yeah. And I mean, I've been a Toro Moi fan since uh, that weird album that like has a cover that is like gross looking. Between the Pines. I think we did this <laughs> yeah. when we talked about Toro Ma earlier in the year. You were like, yeah. it's got the gross album cover. <laughs> yeah. I just have like a, like a gut reaction every time I see that. It's just like, yeah. Oh, it's underneath um, the pine, not between the pine. The pine. <laughs> yeah, between the pines. That's a movie, isn't it? <laughs> so it's got like Chris Evans in it or something. Yeah, yeah. And then there's between the ferns. Between two ferns, right? It's different. <laughs> um. Okay. Thanks for uh. Yeah, backing me up on that real quick. Yeah. Um, in- incorrectly, but we got there. Yeah. Which is so. That's still my favorite Toro Moi. It's a great album, album. and it's a little more like shoegazy, but with still that funky pop. Yeah, yeah. This is like all funky pop. And uh, there's some like annoying parts of it. Like even the <laughs> Mr. Postman song, like I hate how it ends. It's like he just gives up on it. But while it's going, I'm on cloud nine. And uh, yeah, I like the other, you know, once the whole album came out, like I, I feel like it's cohesive. It's fun to listen to as a whole thing. Like, and it, it's just was so different from the rest of my stuff. I think that's what really helped. Yeah. Me. Like it stuck out so much. Um, because of that, and there it is, number seven, straight to heaven. That's great. I think we're gonna diverge a little bit in the middle here, and then come back together at the end. Uh, <laughs> uh, my number six album. Uh, this one is a newer release. This is Alex G's "God Save the Animals." I, I think this might be my favorite Alex G album. I feel like it's somehow in between like House of Sugar and Rocket uh, in terms of vibe. You know, it's like a little more towards the folky side than House of Sugar, but it's still got like the really crisp like production and like the really intricate songwriting that I think Alex G is great at. And uh, for some reason, this album just really flowed together for me. I think, I think like Runner had me hooked already. And I just think he he takes the album in a lot of kind of weird directions and then comes back to maybe like the the more centered folky pop. And I just think it's a really pretty album. And uh, I keep listening to it. Oh, man. I think, as you just said, like, this is your favorite Alex G. Album. I think it's my least favorite Alex G album. Wow. For some reason. I, don't, I really don't know. Like... <laughs> Um, House of Sugar just was such a high point for me. Mm-hmm. And before that, it was so lo-fi. It was like, what? Not not House of Sugar, but his other Like albums. Trick and, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, it was so lo-fi and it felt so kind of outsider art almost mm-hmm. that it was like intriguing and, you know, invoked my curiosity. And like, and it almost was like the the like, wondering what the fulfillment of that sound would be like made me enjoy what we got to hear on its own and 
uh, God Save the Animals, I think is like such an evolution of a sound and like act, and now we're at the like fulfillment. But it still like has those other elements that are intriguing. Definitely. Like, and I don't dislike the album, but I just had such a hard time overcoming, like comparing it and re- thinking that I didn't like it as much as House of Sugar. That, And, and it's not really fair to the album because like, you know, it could still show up on the list. But for, for some reason, like, I, I'm saying this more as a fault for myself, but <laughs> You're like, in comparing it, yeah, I am. I am wrong. <laughs> like other, like that. That's not hard to see. But uh, yeah, it just uh, it it, ha- it leans on certain aspects of Alex G that I really like, and he's such a varied artist. You know, there's so much going on in his back catalog, and there's so many different styles, and and he always is playing with different stuff that every album is a different combination of different Alex G kind of things. I feel like, and this one just clicked for me and it didn't click for you. And that's okay. I think he's a, he's a good enough artist that that'll happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like the people that it clicks for are like, Oh my God, this is amazing. And the people it doesn't click for are like, I like it, but it's not my favorite from him. And you know, I think that's okay. When you have a, a guy with so much music out there, like Alex G. Yeah. I'm glad he dropped the Sandy though. It's easier. <laughs> he's not sandy anymore sandy slash alex he, he got off the he got off the beach and got to those little uh you know sprinklers that you can you know get all the sand off your shoes and put your flip-flops back on <laughs> yep yep <laughs> that's what happened that's what happened all right uh, <laughs> that's enough bad jokes uh moving right on to number five which i think the top five i know we're getting there it's it's exciting but this is my favorite hardcore album of the year and i i thought maybe drug church would be in that position but i had to come back to soul glows diaspora problems uh this was missing my list because it was an early release i think i listened to it so much i kind of burned myself out on it and then I came back around to it in the fall and I was like, oh man, this album's so good. <laughs> I, I just like, I was like sleeping on it because I listened to it so much that it wasn't sounding u- like unique or new anymore. And when I came back to it, I just remember how hard this album rips and like just another, another banger of a side one track one gold chain punk. And it, you're just off from there. Every single song is amazing. And there's the, there's the more hip hop parts. There's the just blazing hardcore, almost like thrash crossover parts. Oh, this band just nailed it. I just, I'm, I'm so impressed by this album. It's so good. Yeah. That album, when I first listened to it, it's like Sony took like gasoline and sprayed it around and then just set it on fire. And it's just like, go, 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 go. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It, it feels like it would be the soundtrack to like, like what I forget what they call them in uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Like the, the, <laughs> it's like, it's like the guys would be like strapped to the cars with giant yeah. amps and just blasting. Yeah. yeah I think, exactly. I think if there's another Mad Max movie, we need to get Soul Glow in the costumes <laughs> and get them strapped to the cars. Yeah. Just high high octane, just rips. Yeah, didn't didn't make my list, but um, it's so unique too. And I think maybe that's part of why, like, I had such a hard time like connecting to it on a level of trying to like, you know, what what does it remind me of? 
But it remind I mean it reminds me of so much other stuff yeah. but like but the combination is so unique. Yeah, I think that made it a little novelty-esque for me. Mm. Um but uh super interesting album like yeah. Yeah, and I think like the the band that like I get it. They're they're like black artists in a very white genre. And so they get compared to all the other black artists in the genre cuz there's only a few. Uh and they are obviously annoyed by that but also they just stand on their own as one of the best hardcore bands doing it right now yeah i also grouped them i, I think maybe it's just because like both album covers are like black and white yeah <laughs> i grouped them with the prince daddy and the hyena album that is an, a weird one <laughs> yeah i think <laughs> it's just like grouping yeah i think it's also just like i also say that that prince daddy album is like just unhinged and just going mm-hmm uh crazy and i mean yeah I, I for whatever reason like group those together in my head and, and like they're both like standout albums but just didn't you know didn't make my list but uh just missed excited excited for new things from soul glow absolutely yeah and i mean what a come up to like oh yeah yeah they, like i think their older stuff is good too but I think this one, they definitely just, they just nailed it. They nailed every aspect of it and yeah, just blew up immediately, which is great. All right. We've cracked your top five. Yeah. What's, what's going to be on mine? Let's get going. Yeah. I feel like our, yeah. I'm curious for your number three and four slot. I feel confident. I know what your number one and two are. We'll <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know your one and two as well. <laughs> But uh, did you see for number six showing up Karakara's new preoccupation? Oh, no, I did not. I did not see yeah. that coming. Yeah, this was like a sleeper album that uh, surprisingly did well in the Thunderdome <laughs> for me. <laughs> um, it's funny that I, I think I was hyping this album and it just yeah. missed my list and it climbed your list. Yeah, yeah. So the singles that came out like Hyacinth spent a lot of time listening to those before the album even came out. So like they did their job, you know, they hooked me in. I think it's funny. So it's funny talking about albums that I know we already talked about because it's (laughs) like some of, some of the times I want to say the same thing. Sometimes like the album has changed in my opinion. I still, (laughs) I still think I'm pretty sure I said this when we originally talked about it. It sounds kind of like a band that was like a youth group band or like a, praise and worship band (laughs) that like has deconstructed and now like is using their talents for for good or for evil based on which side of the depending on on your uh opinion yeah and i think a big part of that is the vocal uh you know the lead singer how he sings and write melodies and how it's like mixed it's like super clear and produced like crystal which is like (laughs) We'll just say it's sometimes like if you consider that an effect, you know, it's a production like style. Yeah. It's not, you know, I like a lot of music that has the opposite production style of sure. lo-fi and DIY. But in this case, like I, I actually, I think it really like works for them. And um, yeah, it's, it's uh, like not a lot of like not high tempo. It's more of a contemplative album. I think maybe that's where like some of the like, uh, you know, praise and worship music comparisons come from too. Cause it's like, it, it kind of reminds me of those songs that like, you know, make you really feel bad about how you 
you know how you killed Jesus. <laughs> it's your how, fault. How how you're a different kid at high school from the kid you when are at youth group, youth and group. like <laughs> everyone everyone thinks you're this perfect Christian boy at church, but like you cuss at school and it's not okay. <laughs> So clearly this review is more about myself. This is, than this is a deep album. dive into Jared's psyche. I mean, the other the other production, I think, similarity that I think this was probably from like the indie cast. I think Steve Hyden was on this one, but uh it almost has like a nineties rock, like alt rock kind of feel to mm-hmm. it. In that it is very highly produced, it is very polished, but I get where you're coming from in that the it also has these big slow builds. And these like, yeah, contemplative stretches and stuff like that. It it does kind of take from that that 90s, almost like third eye blind, I feel like high production value pop. Yeah, like Matchbook 20. (laughs) There you you go. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. I don't know. It's a great album. So yeah, kind of in a way of like they're doing that sound, but like in an innovative way. And not a lot of people really are right now. So totally. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Fantastic. Um, and apparently you can catch them on tour with String Machine Wonderful. this March. So yeah, get to That's it. great. Actually, I don't know if it's this March. Oh yeah, it is. They, they were touring together before. I think uh, String Machines from Pittsburgh and Caracara is from Philly, I believe. So they're just Pennsylvania fellas and, and ladies <laughs> doing what they do. Doing what they do. All right. And so ironically, I didn't even think about this, but very appropriately, the fifth album on my list is Mo Troper's fifth album. Hey, I guessed it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you said power pop, Mo Troper's making it, isn't he? Yeah. MTV, which stands for Mo Troper 5, not music television. (laughs) I thought that was a hilarious move also. Yeah. I love the MTV. Yep. It's like, you can't sue me. <laughs> it's Mo Chopra 5. five. <laughs> it's my name. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Wow. What? I mean, from I, like never, ever hearing about this band before. Portland, Oregon. It's a very Portland band, I feel like. Uh, but yeah, this guy, he just writes fun little songs about like how it's fun to make fun little songs. <laughs> And that, and that connected with you? Weird. It really connected with me. <laughs> but the earworm quality is what earned it its spot here. Like, I just kept realizing, like, I was humming <laughs> so many songs off of this. And uh, also, like, okay. Like, but also, like, what pushed it over the top for me is um, the experimental stuff he does with his voice. Like, so I guess my history, like, how I how I came to this album, like, you recommended it to me, Jake. Checked it out. I didn't even get the power pop stuff like first. What I got was the the vocal pitch shifting and like speed up, slow down, and like the experimentalism of like that. And like it, I mean, it sounds like there's several different singers, but really it's just the way he's like treating his voice in different ways on this album. And then as I listen to him more, like, okay, then I'm catching like, oh yeah, he's doing like the cheap trick kind of like power pop things it's just but it's not like the 70s hair metal version of that you know it's the 220 2020s indie rock version of that and um and you've listened to his older stuff at this point now right well and so then i went back to his older stuff and then i so so without the like 
vocal pitch shifting and stuff. Coming back to MTV or MTV, yeah. Um, Much over five. That has less of an effect. And then I listen, then then you really just catch the melodies and the super hooky guitar parts. And um, yeah, I just kept listening to it. I mean, it's a pretty short album. Like you blaze through it, you enjoy your time and you want to put it on again because it's just so good. I mean, really reminded me of like, it puts me in the mood to listen to like uh, the King Kong and barbecue show. Like, Ooh, that's I think a good that's one. that like yeah, lo-fi, hooky, catchy, fun music. And you know what? It's what, what I needed in my life. Absolutely. Great it album. Is. I'm I'm so happy that this connected with you because I, it, it didn't make my list, but I, I listened to it a lot on like the train and stuff. Oh, it's a great commuting album. I love it. <laughs> I lo- like love listening to stuff on a commute and you know, like, you look like, you know, you can't help but like look around and people watch a little bit. Yeah. But you're, but you're like, do they, do they know that I'm listening to this cool <laughs> they don't, music? They don't it's even like know. that meme. Yeah. Where you're standing in the corner and like, they don't know I'm listening to Motro for five <laughs> and they're like, we literally do not care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get to work the same as you. Yeah. Exactly. Wonderful. There it is. All right. We're both, we've both cracked the top five. Oh my gosh. This is exciting. Uh, how about we do our next two each and then we'll start doing one and one. I mean, I think nice. our top two are going to be the same. I'm going to be perfectly yeah. honest here. I think so too. <laughs> I think they're going to be the same in the same order. So let's, let's knock out three and four and then uh, go from there. <laughs> so my number four uh, showing up a little higher on my list than your list, but here's string machines. Hallelujah. Hell yeah. Uh, I think you talked a lot about like the maximalist chamber pop kind of uh, influence of String Machine. I think I, I read some stuff like when this album came out, kind of comparing them to Arcade Fire, which <laughs> they're not making the list. Number one, Arcade Fire's <laughs> Wii. <laughs> Oops. This is a memo. Hold on. Uh, is there a new Kanye album this year? Can we put him in there? Uh, <laughs> so String Machine... Yeah, this album just blew my socks off. I, all the same things you talked about, the maximalism. Uh, it, yeah, it's like taking everything I love about like alt country and everything I love about indie rock and smashing them together, it feels like. Uh, that is also probably a theme of this year's list. Uh, but man, yeah, they've, they've got a big band. There's all these different vocalists and all these different instrumentalists. And they they have this huge band and they're just touring and and making songs about being in a band and and the struggles and it's just a great album. I listened to some of their older stuff, really good, but I don't think anything came together quite like Hallelujah, Hell Yeah. Uh, that's such a perfect way of putting it. Like all country indie rock, smash it together. <laughs> um. Which is happening so much right now. Like, it's like a whole scene. It's funny because, like, the West Coast was, we had, you know, the indie folk kind of explosion. Yeah. Like, all the bands from Portland that wanted to be the Decemberists and had cellos in their band and stuff. But, like, and then Fleet Foxes. Yeah. Um, And that all went one way, which... You know, it's like a, a a distant cousin to 
but but doesn't have the like soul of alt country <laughs> because yeah. you know it's like the pretty acoustic um stuff but uh the scene this this scene that's going on right now it seems like it's like east coast space you know you got like bands in brooklyn and pittsburgh and north carolina and they're right. all like it, doing this thing it is it's weird because really yeah it's almost you know wilco obviously is like the guiding light of alt country wilco's out of chicago yeah wednesday they're out of like the south and then, I mean, String Machine would probably argue that Pittsburgh is the Midwest, but it's like also kind of East Coast. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a very different scene. And I think back to like the 90s with Modest Mouse and Built to Spill, there was kind of like an alt-country flair going on in the West Coast. But at the same time, Dinosaur Jr. was on the East Coast. So uh, I think alt-country, I guess, morphing and becoming whatever we're talking about today uh has been awesome and this year has been i think last year was like the post hardcore revolution and this year's like the uh the alt country revolution <laughs> for me at least and i'm here for it i'm here for it so that's number four and now i think we're gonna maybe be in lockstep from here on out number three for me is black country new roads ants from up there i don't know if it, i don't know if we are in lockstep you're just nodding but uh I'll go ahead and state my little spiel about this album. I was not a big fan of the first Black Country New Road album. I listened to it a few times. There's a few tracks on uh, for the first time that I like, but it never really clicked with me. It was a little too much like, oh, we're doing the experimental post-punk kind of talk singy thing. And what I think Ants from Up There did was just go all in on making, I don't know, pop hits. And there's a lot of interesting stuff in this album, you know, like snow globes and basketball shoes are like half the album. (laughs) But I don't know. Something about this album was like a journey, I think, is what really I latched onto. Like from that intro going right into Chaos Space Marine, which is kind of a funny little like tune right into Concord, which is so sad. I mean, the first time I listened to this album, I think it just blew me away with like it almost reminded me of Sufjan Stevens, like listening to Illinois for the first time. And I don't, I don't think this is as good of an album as Illinois, which is probably my favorite album of all time. But this is the closest I've heard anybody get outside of Sufjan in a long wow. time. And that's, that's, I think what really connected with me on this album is yeah, somehow they went from like post-punk to early 2000s Sufjan production. And I, it just blew me, blew me away. So, yeah, this is definitely going to be the biggest like miss on my list. Really? Okay. Um, I'm, they they pretty much were like number eleven, and they were on my list and off of it for several iterations. Um, it's just tough because like it's an album. I agree. It had that immediate like wow. It's like watching a movie and you're just like you know, letting the credits roll and you just want to read more about the movie or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Like it has this effect on you. Um. And I would say it like probably, I mean, <laughs> in the top three for albums that had that immediate effect on me, uh, for some reason, it just like, I, and I think this is a timing thing. I think mm. it was such a heavy like effect that it kind of like, it didn't, I like, I haven't come back to it. Oh, okay. And it was, and you know, it came out kind of early on um, that I haven't, uh, that it's kind of faded and I it, like, I think that just really like hurt its chances in my Thunderdome 
That that's interesting, yeah. <laughs> which is which is not a fair way of of really gauging it. But it was also one of like, you know, I kind of was talking about it a little bit that I didn't want to like I know that it has like the critical consensus. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I was I felt the pressure of like it should be up here because like it's important. But then, like but I was trying to be really like honest with myself like Yeah. where where does it fall? And I mean, yeah. Like 11 spot is just fine, but totally. You know. It, it just didn't, uh, when I had to like compare it like to different things. And I mean, it is like, it's just hard. It's heavy, man. It, and yeah, it, it's like re there's recency bias involved. Yeah. There's revisiting bias involved. There's, yeah. there's a lot that, of and, stuff that like, and that's the thing. Yeah. It, when you do it, like you like films, it's so much easier because just like which like it's a one-time thing. Just assume you're only gonna watch it once. Yeah. Uh so you can give it that definitive grade on that one experience. But music really does have that. Like, am I gonna come back to it? Am I gonna like yeah. enjoy this on and it, on and on? And I think where answer up there stuck with me was I came back to the album a lot, but I also came back to the singles a lot. Like I think like yeah. She had Billie Eilish style. <laughs> I was just gonna bring that up. I was like, that's to such Berlin a cultural for a little while. Like that's that's stuck yeah. in my head constantly. Yeah, that's such a cultural like touchstone too. I think oh, like so good to just pick the zeitgeist and like <laughs> yeah, like that's a that's a Gen Z thing that I don't I see but I don't fully get. Yeah. Um, but I acknowledge that like yeah, I mean they're capturing that and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, it is, we talked about the chamber indie, maximalist indie. They apply it with the, it really is like the post-punk um, or the post-rock kind of like application. Yeah. Where, where String Machine is the alt-country kind of application of that. <laughs> and and yeah, it really, like, that was a big part of it too, what kind of like, I just realized like, I liked Hallelujah, Hell Yeah more. Yeah. And so then on that head to head, like that really affected like, okay, well then it can't be higher than that. Then, <laughs> As you can so, see, it, it it definitely head to head is very close to string machine for me. Yeah. It, it nudged ahead for you. Yeah. Um, anyway, still a great album. I mean, it's also like terrible, you know, like the, what, what, what is, It'll be interesting what the band becomes yeah. without their singer. And right, because this might have been a flash in the pan in that, like, everything came together perfectly at the right time. And then, every, and then you know, the lead singer, like, burned out. Or, you know, I don't know what's going on with, with them personally. But, you know, it, it's possible that this was just a boom, perfect album, flash in time, and then, like, it all just dissipates. And that happens sometimes, but also it's... It's crazy to watch. Like it happened with this band right as they're, <laughs> right as they're, you know, getting over the hill, the hump, I guess. Mm -hmm. Not over the hill. That sounds bad, but over the hump. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was, wow. so that, that's a shock to me. I thought it was going to make it. Yeah. Well, if you recall, I have two, yep. uh, yep. two albums <laughs> that, uh, We've already talked about here that I had know. to show up on my list somewhere. So I should have re remembered. I've got my absolute favorite band discovery of the year uh, <laughs> at number four, Drug Church's Hygiene. Let's go. Man, it gave me that like heavy energy with, and the funny thing is they're not that heavy. 
<laughs> like when you really think about like yeah. their sound, like, uh, but it's just the presence is so heavy. Like, and it really actually like analyzing it from that, like, how do you make music like that aspect? Uh, helped me like break down, you know, like it's not necessarily about how many distortion pedals you have on and like <laughs> whatnot, like how, you know, how many discordant chords you play. Like they're playing like clean jazz, like jazz chorus yeah. tones. Um, but it's like the swagger that they have mm. and the, the way their lead singer just like throws down, like, this is what I want to say and I'm going to say it. And like, who cares if it's a little out of tune or whatever, <laughs> but like the production oh, will fix it up. And it's, it's like, so cute. I do agree that cheer, I think, edges it out on a head-to-head. -head, mm -hmm. But hygiene is still so good that it still, like, shows up here on my Absolutely. And it's had three reverberations, at least this year, where I keep, like, coming back to it. And I'm like, all right, I'm in a jug church mood this week. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's great. I want to buy some of their merch, but also I feel weird, like in a professional setting, wearing something that says "drug church." <laughs> I had them up on like my computer at work because I was like listening to music on my computer. It just said "drug church" really big, and my friend was like, "Should you like have that on your screen at work?" And I was like, "Probably not. I don't know." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's just a band. It's just a band. I just like them. Oh man! I mean, I think like They're Jesse so has a T-shirt from Drug Church that has like a gun on it too. It says Drug Church <laughs> and has a gun on it, so that's like a double whammy. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know what else to say really it, about. They kick about ass. Them. We love Drug this Church. Drug Church and Anxious are both like this is what I like. Wish I could sound like. Yeah, I mean, and Fiddlehead. I didn't Fiddlehead too. Really discover them until the end of last year, uh, whenever they were on your list and like. I think right now those are like the three bands that are doing those like, yeah, big, harder kind of music. That, yeah, but it's like, yeah, poppy still in some capacity. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're three kind of distinct, but they rounded out. And it's still like just a tiny little bubble of like the yeah. whole hardcore kind of scenes. So. Well, and I think Anxious recorded with Fiddlehead's lead singer and I believe recorded with one of the people in... Uh, the world is a beautiful place and I'm no longer afraid to die. Mm. And, you know, drug churches in Albany. I, I do think the Northeast has some of my favorite hard music going right now. I mean, I just, I'm engulfed in it a little bit. So that, that shapes maybe my influence, but, uh, man, yeah, those, those bands all are incredible. And I, I will listen to anything they put out. Number three, Whew. Always blue red. There we go. <laughs> there it is. So yeah, so you had them as uh was it six and seven? Uh, was or seven and eight. Seven and eight. Seven and in and the opposite and then order. You had it opposite order, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I think part of it is just I always what like Archie marry me mm -hmm. and uh what and then their second album like Dreams took a tonight bit to the grow one? on me. Yeah, but it still like got there. This this third album like immediately cohesive vision, full like effect. The singles are great. Um hit hits me in that uh uh like dream pop yeah. slash shoegaze. Mm -hmm. I I think the shoegaze influence on this year was also like a big thing. Like there's like the all country yeah, shoegaze uh maximalist indie those are kind of like, 
those seem like the main undercurrents that are kind of like the bands that are getting talked about have those elements. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, always I think nailed it and had the best of the like shoegazy kind of kind of sounds this year. Um, I mean, a little bit of recency bias, but also weirdly because of that, like I haven't had chan- a chance to like come back to it that, too much. So I think that was my takeaway as well was like initially it didn't make my list because of recency bias i was like yeah i really liked this album but i've only listened to it like once or twice and then i went back and listened to it again and i was like oh yeah i've only listened to it once or twice because it's overwhelming and it just came out (laughs) yeah yeah october yeah i'm i'm confident it will be something i i'm like yeah let's put on yeah it'll be great yeah i think you said it too like it hits the dream pop slash shoegaze thing that like was bigger 10 years ago but also they just did it really well in this new album i think they updated their sound in a lot of ways but also brought a lot of that energy that is missing in a a lot of other music today i I miss the old days when dream pop and shoegaze were in right which is funny because (laughs) beach house had a album this year yeah um but didn't didn't quite make it there for me Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, we I was, are, are you watching the new Wednesday TV show? No, there's a Wednesday Adams. Oh, I thought you were talking about the band Wednesday had a TV <laughs> show, and I was like, no. How do I get this? Is this on Hulu? Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. That's gonna be a maybe good or bad for the band Wednesday. That it's gonna be harder for people <laughs> to get Wednesday. Google results. It was Wednesday already Wednesday music. Oh, the soundtrack for the television program yeah. Wednesday. No, yeah. I'm not watching the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas for the 21st century. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's surprisingly good for for being a hot doing. topic ad. Yeah, and uh, had a had a uh, beach house needle drop. Oh, uh, okay. Yesterday that surprised me, and I was like, you know what? I'm always down for a beach house needle. Absolutely. Drop. And uh, yeah. Is the show good? It, I, it's so I mean it's it's like teen drama, like kind of stuff you would expect on like CW. Oh, okay, know? yeah, yeah. But it it I think it's aware of that. It has a self awareness of it that um yeah. and it and it has the creds, you know, of uh being creepy because it's, you know, Mr. Creepy himself. Right. I mean, we gotta get our Danny Elfman reference in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if you accidentally land on the Wednesday soundtrack, <laughs> you're still going to have a good time. If you're looking for the band Wednesday hurt. and you find the soundtrack, you know, I would say still try and find the band Wednesday, but maybe that soundtrack's yeah. worth it too. So all of those pieces elevate <sighs> it above, you know, the standard drivel that is teen drama shows. Is it better than uh, Riverdale? Well, I... Th- Yes, that's essentially what I'm comparing it against, but I've never seen Riverdale. Riverdale's so. really bad. I have seen a good amount of like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, okay, yeah. And I think that's maybe its most direct comparison, and I think it's definitely better than that. Okay, so. there we go. There we go. It's better than the Archie Bunker universe. <laughs> I don't even know how to address that. <laughs> I read a lot of Archie comics growing up. Yeah, you would love like, Riverdale. It was like then. the weird. I know, like you would think I would. No, you would not. <laughs> no. 
Oh yeah. God. We'll talk more Riverdale later. Uh, let's let's go to our number two album for both of us. Uh, Big Thief's right. Dragon, New Warm Mountain. I believe in you. I believe is your second album. Whoa, no. It- I'm just kidding. It is. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have me go in there for a second. <laughs> I was like, wait, am I gonna whiff on this one as bad as I whiffed on Black Country New Road? <laughs> yeah. Nope. Oh, that that. Album, this album's so good. I, I think I got a little fatigue on this album because, mm-hmm. again, like I would just put it on every day for like a month. And I mean, it's, I don't even know what's my favorite Big Thief album, but it is like everything I feel like they've been working towards, which is like just putting out massive amounts of great music. Mm. Oh, I don't like, I don't even know what to say about Big Thief at this time. It, they're like one of the best bands out there doing it currently. Yeah. And th- this is no exception. Uh, man, there's so many great moments in this album. Like, I mean, let me think of a few that I like stick with me. Spud Infinity, Absolute Bop. Wake Me Up to Drive, Blurred View, Little Things, Simulation Swarm, all just 10 out of 10 fantastic Mm -hmm. tracks. And then everything in between is also like, whoa, oh man, this is crazy. This is so good. And then they're on to the next one. It's like like whiplash within the Big Thief uh, land. Yeah, Yeah, the... The release cycle for this too is great because they like released like <laughs> it's like ten singles of the twenty songs. They released <laughs> yeah like ten of them as singles, and the way Spotify did it, like it just kept like growing. You know, the album like built up around the yeah. singles. Yeah, yeah, and um, I remember like I think two of the early ones were Sparrow and Little Things, which is funny how in the whole album like those aren't necessarily even standouts, but originally like when you know. It was like trying to get a picture of like what will this album do? Yeah, like those two back to back were so interesting because, I mean, they really pulled on the like like it was I I think little things uh, had like some of the for me at least like Genesis like biblical references like it kind of seemed like a talk on like original sin. Oh, I mean, you mean Sparrow? And, oh, is that Sparrow? <laughs> that's, the, that's when where Eve eats the apple. You, you think that's yeah, a little yeah, allegory yeah, yeah. going on there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I read into stuff. Like it's a Jesus symbol. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, this isn't Sufjan. Yeah. I don't know. Like, that was, like, a huge standout. And then, yeah, but, like, looking at the track list now, like, the things that stand out to me. Like, Spud Infinity is such a funny oh, song. so like, good. You, you know, what, what is what is that line? Well, Everything rip. except your elbows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's it gonna uh, take? Just let them rip. Oh. You, can't, you can't beat it. Yeah. And like simulation swarm, somehow like is such an earworm oh, for being such a weird song. Yeah, um, yeah, it's amazing. And in the like whole hierarchy of Big Thief albums, like I, I mean, it's hard not to just keep going back to uh, a capacity mm-hmm. or or masterpiece. Ah, they're both so good. But- <laughs> It, I mean, the, the band just keeps evolving and like, this is just the next evolution and it's just so good. Yeah. It's so, it's been one of the few bands I feel like later in life, let's say later in life, I probably started listening to this band in college, but like that as their song, as their albums are coming out, their notoriety is increasing because they just cannot miss every single album brings something new to the table. And it's like, 
everyone's favorite album of that year. <laughs> and then they release a new album and everyone's like, this one's even better. It's crazy. I, I don't know how they do it. And it's, I am a little worried, you know, like, is there going to be like critical mass of zeitgeist around them? Yeah. And I will say that exposed itself when I went to see them live. And when I saw Adrian Linker's like solo show mm-hmm. live, the trendiness level <laughs> of the average uh, <laughs> attendee had definitely increased and made me slightly uncomfortable. You're like, why um, is everyone wearing overalls? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much. <laughs> and funny hats. <laughs> yeah. Really, this is stupid, but like, it's probably because when we started listening to it, it was for the hip millennials mm-hmm. and the hip millennials are still into it. We're just all old as hell now. And the, they're still so good that the hip Gen Zers are into it now. Mm. And so now yep. uh, what's cool and hip has changed and it'll happen to you. Mm-hmm. Just so happens that it's also still cool to like big thief. Yeah. And, and the, that, uh, it wasn't even that, but like, so I saw them at like a big theater, like the one, the biggest, like nice theater in mm-hmm. Seattle, which is amazing that they're at that point. But yeah. I'm just sad that I miss like seeing them in a smaller theater because like yeah. the big, this I haven't been to many shows that I really enjoyed at this big theater, and this unfortunately just was another one that was like just okay. Yeah, mostly because of like hard to see, hard to hear, hard to like feel comfortable, but. Uh, Music was still great. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they played the same place the National played here in Boston. Like a, But that's like a brand new theater. It's like a big pit and then a, a big balcony and there's no mm. seats. I think that works really well for the, this size band. So mm. that, that worked great for me. <laughs> Just chilling in the balcony with all the olds. It was awesome. Oh, man. Just I have to read this. I'm on their their band camp right now and a random review of the album says, if this album was a person and I could kiss it, I would. I would make sweet Thanks. love to this album if that were legal. Yeah. <laughs> in in 18 years, <laughs> I'm going to slide into the DMs oh, of this album. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Well, so we had a lot to say about Dragon New Warm Mountain, I Believe in You. Mm-hmm. Do we also have a lot to say. All right, Taylor Swift's Midnight's 3 a.m. edition. Yep. <laughs> the anti-hero. <laughs> Actually, yeah. My my number one pick is just one song off of <laughs> because otherwise my top 10 would be all Taylor Swift songs. Right, so. right, right. You had to pick one. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Okay, we were both right, right? Right? I think, right? I think so. Yeah. Boat songs. Boat songs. Boat songs. Boat songs. Boat songs. I Mr. M M J. Yeah, uh, this one. <laughs> I had I had these two reversed for like half the year, and eventually, both songs just overtook Big Thief as my top album. I probably just accepted it. I was like, okay, I know Big Thief is the the album of the year. Like this is probably the critical consensus. But man, mm-hmm. I have not stopped listening to both songs since it came out. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would say the MJ was the your top between, artist of the year on Spotify, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 there's like a gulf between these two albums and the rest of the list. Like, yeah. It's, it's honestly impressive. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. And 
yeah, MJ Linderman's boat songs. Well, I mean, it's so much good stuff to say, but like the way that it just kept being what I wanted to listen yeah. to over and over and over again. Um, and I think, okay, here's my like conspiracy theory, okay. Tim tinfoil hat. It's not, I mean, I don't know how, if this is how it actually works, but so I'd be like, okay, I'm in the mood for listening, you know, okay, what do I want to listen to? And so I would like start a radio on like string machine mm. or Wednesday or, and I mean, big Wednesday's not a weird even. one that this would happen, right. but yeah, big thief. But then like, guess what would show up on it? Right, Hang, hangover game, just bam, blasting its way into my eardrums. I, I think <laughs> I, I brought up this the side one track one effect multiple times, and I think ultimately I couldn't stop thinking about that effect because of hangover game. Yeah, like when I first put on this album, like I think I knew I'd heard like, oh, the guitarist from Wednesday is coming out with an album, and it's great, and. Mm -hmm. You know, the like, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm excited for this. This will be good. And then you put on Hangover Game and you're like, what is happening? This is mm -hmm. wild. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Put your biggest song first. Like, give people what they want to hear right away. Yeah. Don't, don't bury that shit. Um, <laughs> I love yeah. drinking too. <laughs> oh my God. I wonder if he wrote that, like, with, like, just because his name's MJ, like, <laughs> you know, it's just like, I'm going to write a song about well, the other MJ. And I've, this sent me down a conspiracy rabbit hole. I was like, okay, so is this a common theory that it was the hangover game? And I couldn't find anything like yeah. everyone talks about the flu game still. And I'm like, what does he know? What does MJ know? Right. Which I mean, and where's the $3,000 on just five dudes? I need the receipt. Where is it? Which, which makes it even more, like, you can imagine, like, throwing some beers back and just talking about the flu game and, like, coming up with your crazy conspiracy. And, like, Man, he was just that's over. what this song is. And that's, like, what I love. You know, the, the lyrics just feel conversational of, like, the kind of conversations I like to have. Yeah. And I get to have them with my imaginary best friend, MJ Lennon, <laughs> over some sweet guitar riffs. So it's kind of exactly what I want. In life oh. and uh um i mean the album you know beyond that uh what, what else what else you got i mean it? you um, are every girl to me i love mm -hmm. that song that is an uh, again like an earworm but also like really sweet <laughs> it's a really sweet song i love that song tastes just like it costs i think is my mm -hmm. those are like probably my top three on this album tastes just mm -hmm. like it costs i love like they just went to like an expensive butcher shop and bought like the, the expensive steaks. And like, what a funny, what a funny thing to say is it tastes just like it costs. That's so good. Yeah. Oh, I mean the way, yeah. Hangover, hangover games goes right into you've bought yourself a, a oh. boat <laughs> and like, it, it's just the like, we're just <laughs> like every, every yeah. moment on this album is so good. I love yeah. this album. And I, and I don't even know like if that's what that album or that song is actually about, but like just the kind, like again, like the way a title like that and like a lyric like that evokes like the, what I, what it reads to me as is like buying a boat. You're like, yeah, this is going to be a great time. But then it's like a super expensive yeah. thing that becomes like more of a hassle than it's worth. And it's like you, 
And it just seems like a like a colloquialism, colloquialism. Yeah. Like uh you know, like your dad would tell you, like, son, you have bought yourself a boat in this, yeah, <laughs> in this decision. <laughs> um I don't know. I love like the the waves ruin the beach house every year on your birthday. They gave this hurricane <laughs> your human name. Oh, that's so good. I love like the neighbors are cussing, throwing shit in the yard. Oh, it's so like Every lyric is, yeah, like you have a vision in your head. It's like, mm-hmm. it's so evocative. Oh, man. I think Wednesday made a tweet about uh, MJ Lenderman album reviews. Uh, and it was like, somehow this drunk idiot who lo- talks about fishing and wrestling uh, made the best album of the year. <laughs> and I was like, they did oh it. God. They summed it up. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, it's just so inspirational. Like, I, I, it, it, you know, it's that thing of like, if you make it specific enough, it becomes universal. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, it, the universality of it is that it feels real. And n- no album this year had that feeling of like, I get what they're talking about, yeah. or at least I get what, you know, w- what they're talking about has. R- <laughs> reverberated with me in a way that I understand it, whether or not it's what they're actually talking about. I don't know. Yeah. But like, Oh, it's so good. And, and oh, in man. some way, like I think we can relate to the band Wednesday growing up in Missouri. Like it's not mm. the same, obviously, but you know, gr- like going to college in Rolla, Missouri uh, and like floating on the river, you could just uh, like, w- what kind of power would we have had if we had MJ Lenderman at that time? just like floating down the river uh chugging beers and yelling i love drinking too yep so good yeah oh i'm so glad we got to just talk about it both songs again that was (laughs) right i was just so excited yeah Uh, and i think wednesday's Uh, got an album coming out next year hopefully i think so i'm all on um let's go yeah i think i i well don't quote me, but I think they just released like a, a, a single yeah. or at least a new track. And uh, I mean, I was impressed. It's like bonkers. It's, yeah. They're, they're going like bigger and it's, yeah. it's going to be fun to see. I think like, how that plays yeah, the, there's a lot of moments on both songs. Okay. We're going back to both songs for a second. Like Toontown and SUV are both just kind of chaotic songs in the middle of this like yeah. really like poppy album. Mm-hmm. And I, I think those out, those moments work great too. And I feel like that's where the Wednesday pieces is, is, you know, mm-hmm. just these like discord and big moments. I think they're, they're going to do it. I think this next album is going to do it. Like wouldn't surprise me if their next, their next release is top of our list next year. What it, <laughs> I, I got to give you credit for the Wednesday. Fine, man. You did it. <sighs> Somehow it like, yeah, just bubbled up and immediately connected with me so man it's there you know i went into this year thinking like there were you know only two albums i really liked and i was like i don't know how i'm gonna find 10 to fill up my list yeah um but i did i found you know i found like 30 yeah i'm so when you said that it's actually a better album or a better year than i thought for albums. and i think it is just because those two albums are like head and shoulders above everything else for me but I think this year was a lot of really good releases across the board from bands I love. Like, I mean, yeah, we didn't even touch on the smile 
Like we, it was like in your honorable mentions and it didn't even make mine. Like, I think that's a pretty yeah. good music year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the process of, of both having the podcast and talking about music every week has kept me more engaged because I have someone to talk to it about. Like I have mm-hmm. someone to talk to who likes the same music that I do. And I, I feel like that's hard. Even in like Boston, I haven't found like a good concert buddy up here yet. Yeah. Who just wants to talk about the new uh, Wednesday single. So th- this has been uh, important for our new music yeah. listening experience. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to say this uh, gracefully, but like I showed this list to my wife. And I was like, <laughs> she was like, I've only heard of two of these <laughs> bands. And it's funny because like I taught, you know, we talk about it, but I also just get like, you know, I've learned that I don't need to annoy her with all of this band talk because annoy it's me just, you know not her thing and please annoy me i have my i have my other spouse i get to talk to <laughs> your work your work my, spouse m- my band spouse, my band spouse. <laughs> and it's but it's important because like this is such an important part of like how i experience life yeah to get to you know actually talk about that is <laughs> therapeutic to say the least. absolutely um, and i'm glad we brought the the top tens to the pod it's been a, a blast. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, the other music nerds out there will listen, and uh, hopefully, people learn some albums from this, and hopefully, people yell at us about how we're wrong. I would love all those things mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. And I have to remind myself, like, yeah, there's the people that are like us that obsess over all this, and they'll be like, "You're wrong." <laughs> yeah. But you know what? There's all, for for every one of those. There's somebody else that like needs some good recommendations on things to listen to. And you know what? Here's 20 albums minus our duplications. Yeah. We got the, (laughs) we got the honorable mentions in there. I'm sure that rounds it out. Yeah. I mean, that's substantial listening. (laughs) And, and I'd like to think that it's useful for somebody to maybe hadn't heard about these. Yeah. I mean, I remember in high school, like, when the pitchfork album list would come out, I would make a list of all the ones I hadn't listened to and find them and listen to them and make, you know, try and get my own opinion on them. But my access was lower and my, my taste was uh, more influenced by things like that. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I think it's cool to just come out here and be like, Hey, here's our stuff. Hopefully you like it. Hopefully people like it (laughs) and just getting as many, as many lists out there as possible uh, to, you know, hype up a lot of really great music that uh, doesn't get talked about enough. It's great. Yeah. And who knows, 2023 might be the year that <laughs> bad wallpaper albums slips on some people. Right. Exactly. Honorable mentions. <laughs> if we make the honorable mentions at like uh, any publication, I'll be stoked. I, I mean, I just hope it's that first album that gets built on too. Yeah. yeah. And I'm starting to think, or I'm starting to daydream about getting those plane tickets. That's right. Like wherever we're going to record this at. Yeah. Figure it out. I'm both terrified and more excited than I've ever been in my entire life about making an album and putting it out there and just seeing what happens. Because ultimately, I think that's what every artist goes through. Like you got to think like if you're a string machine and you just made Hallelujah, Hell Yeah, you know, that's like their third album. But man, it's like... I think this is special. I think this is like the ticket and then you release it and you just got to hope. You got to just hope it happens. Well, we did it again. We, it's another year. Another riff-o-rama. It's a riff-o-rama. <laughs> I had to remember what we called it. <laughs> what did it? we call like, it? Yeah. Because we had to come uh, up with a name for it. 
Yeah. I like the Riffarama. I, it's great. Yeah, it works. I mean, we we we've already bought into the branding for you know Riff. For Riff, Riff is our brand. Riff is our brand. <laughs> That's gonna be the name of our second album. <laughs> Why not our first, first album? Self-titled. Riff is no, our brand. <laughs> Actually, it's not bad. <laughs> We'll see. Let, okay, hold on. Cut we'll that. See. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back next week. I think we both made some progress on our songs. So I'm very excited to see what you've been working on. Mm. And I'm sure you're at least a little excited to see what I've been working on. Oh, I'm stoked. <laughs> so, hey, I think we'll, we'll try and find a way to post these lists out there in public so that everyone can see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I. Uh, I think the, the lesson from today is just uh, there's a lot of good music out there coming out. Check it all out. Let us know what you think. This is all great stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All righty.